This week's podcast brought to you by Rabbit Trees. The other day I was at the grocery store and uh, put stuff in my cart, went to check out. It's not a grocery store. It's not my regular. And uh, went to check out. And the woman who was um, scanning my items just looked up at me. I'd say the woman is in her 50s-ish. Looked up at me and said, it's like looking up to a giant. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We dropped our firstborn off at college. This weekend, a lovely morning and early afternoon, moving her into her dorm, having a muffin or something with her, meeting her roommate, meeting other kids in the dorm, seeing some that we already knew, saying our farewells, hitting the road again, half an hour into our drive home. He burst into tears. I did. What took you so long? <laughs> well, it was it was a great move in. The school did an incredible job just making the process super easy. Took us a couple of hours, but not only helped her unpack and get situated, but helped her. She wanted to put up all these pictures and posters and sort of things in her room. She only needed us there to tell her tell her you know a little higher on the right a little higher on the left okay now it's straight and you can you know tape your poster to the wall and um and and then she was ready for us to go like she's she's ready she's ready to be off at college i've known that for a while um she's not that far away we didn't have to take her on a plane um when we were able to drive there and she's ready and and so i didn't feel like i was going to burst into tears um when we hugged her goodbye and and then when we were driving we were about a half hour away and uh it was a time lapse it was a, a time delay like those like those uh, pills <laughs> somebody takes that you know time releases into your body in the in the commercials that's what it was yeah um and i wasn't boo-hooing i just was overcome a little with emotion that you know, this just happened and it's really happened and I was prepared for it and I know she's ready for it and I'm excited for her. I'm not I'm not really nervous or afraid or scared or any of those things. I'm excited for her and know that she she's ready for it. But um but then it was just the feeling of wow, that that just happened. She's she's off, ready to spread her wings and uh Fly and do away. her thing. Yeah. I'm excited for her, you know. It's um you know, she, she's in school uh, not far from New York City, and uh, about a week, maybe two weeks before she left, she said to me, um, you know, she loves music, and uh, she said, you know, this musical artist is, is doing a Q&A and might play some songs in Manhattan at a small theater on whatever the date is, and, uh, you know, can I go? And it was, you know, after classes would have st- will have started, and I just said to her, it's the whole reason you chose to go to school near New York. Yes, of course, um, you should go and figure out how you're going to get into and out of the city safely. And um, so I think she, too, is kind of feeling her way of, um, you know, into independence, as are we. But, uh, yeah, I think I was talking to a parent just this morning. We Our, our youngest was bringing her school supplies to school. And... Uh, and I was talking to a parent who has a daughter one year older than our daughter, and she said, um, "She said I didn't cry when I dropped uh, my daughter off." She said, "But she said things. I, I missed her more and more the longer she was gone, just because it changes the dynamic of your house a lot." So I wonder if that'll be the case here too. Like if we'll just have moments where, um, you know, even as we get further away from the actual drop off, where we'll feel that sort of 
um, emptiness might be too strong, but that, that void that she used Absence. to fill. Yeah. Well, it felt it this morning. You sent out a group text to the family saying, I'm, a, I'm we're on our way home from the school drop-off. Um, does anybody want anything from Duncan? And, of course, she's on that group text, and she replied with, like, a sad face. Because it was sort of like a, the sigh emoji. But I, I thought that was better than not sending it to the group chat. We're of certainly course. not going to remove her from the family group chat. But um, And I think, you know, she probably kind of still wants to feel that connection, too, even uh, even if she isn't getting her donut out of it. That's how I'll know when you finally run out of uh, patience with me, is you'll just remove me from the family Steve group Steve Russian chat. has been removed from the group chat. <laughs> Because of course that's how you are in my phone. Yes, Steve Russian has been removed from the group. Chat. I've always I've always loved that. I'm my full name is in your phone. Which Steve is is See, this? I don't find that weird at all because there are so many. I've, I have a lot of Steves in my phone, um, and uh, I think for a while I had you in as just Steve, but it became like it, for some reason my phone would autofill to others. Now since since you're in as Steve Russian now, anytime I start to put in. If I'm writing Steve instead of like just going to recents or something, yours is the first one that comes up. So at least my smartphone is smart enough to know. I am, text you more than most of the other Steves in my phone. <laughs> am I your main Steve? Yes, my main Steve. It's interesting, too, that uh, you mentioned she is spreading her wings. Um, she's left the nest. People are empty nesters kids fly the coop how did how did the bird metaphor be applied to all this stuff probably because it's the only case in nature where you can see it happen like you don't see other animals because they're you know in the middle of the woods or wherever they are but you see birds and their birds and then the nest like you're looking out your window or whatever you think it's probably because that's the one you actually can see on a regular basis we did make one, I'd say it was a mistake, <laughs> in the weeks leading up to our daughter departing for college. And, and the mistake was, this daughter has her bedroom, she, she doesn't share a bedroom with a sibling. The bedroom has its own bathroom. And then she has her, her two other sisters share a room and her brother has a room. But they those three then share a Jack and Jill bathroom. Anyway. We had told the next oldest that when her older sister went off to college. Well, she had told us. Well, she had told us that, you know, she wanted to have her own room. But of course it makes sense. Why would we keep her sharing a room with her, you know, younger sister when there was going to be this empty room? So um, we probably, I probably could have handled that much better because um, our our older daughter... (laughs) Now, like, and she was thinking about this, of course, before she left, like, all right, so when I come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, where am I going to stay? Where's my stuff going to be? So that was, that was a mistake. Um, We could have eased that transition a little bit. Maybe we give her old, her younger sister, her room, like part of it, or I I don't know exactly how we would have done it. I just know that I don't feel good about how I did do it. And she still doesn't have a, a room to come home to. Well, there's the bunk bed in the in the room that her sister is leaving. But her big thing was, you know, my, my posters on my, you know, all my friends can come home and have posters on their wall and they're coming back to their space. Um, so we have to certainly figure that out because, of course, this is still her home and she's always welcome here. <laughs> but I can totally see it from her perspective of, yeah, not really. Not when you've taken the stuff off my walls and my younger sister is now living in my space. So um, that will go down as not one of at least my finer parenting decisions. Well, I don't. I still don't know what the decision is supposed to be. I had my own room for one year when my brother, who's a year older than I, went off to college that senior year of high school. And I, I mean, it's the same room. His stuff right. was still in it. The same posters were on the wall. I just he just wasn't in the bed opposite, and I wasn't like super psyched to have my own room. I I, I kind of liked sharing room. It was all I knew. 
But when he came home, he still had stuff in his closet and stuff on his walls, and he still was coming back to the same bed and bedroom right, because that he beca- remembered. Because we didn't feel the need to switch rooms. Right. I'm just saying we've sort of taken away that security um, from our daughter. Like, of course, there will be a bed here for her to sleep in. It just won't be the same one that she's spent the last 10 years in. It, and uh, It will be if we kick the other one out while she's home. Right. Well, and, and I had said that to her. I said, when you come home, we'll kick your sister back out. And um, she was just saying, like, it won't be the same because her clothes will be in there and her stuff will be in there. But well, I mean, we'll, we'll figure out a solution. It's not a big deal. But it is something that I wish I had done a little bit right. differently. But of course it won't be the same. It's, that's part of the trauma of all this is nothing is going to be the same. It will right. be different. It will be good. It will be better in many ways. It will be worse in some ways. But that's why this is so traumatic. Right. Well, speaking of, you know, change and whatever, I, later on today I'm off to Las Vegas to um, Nevada to call game two of uh, the semifinal, se- semifinal series between Vegas and Seattle. I missed game one because that was the day that we were moving our daughter in. And while I'm gone, tomorrow is our 11-year-old's first day of school. <laughs> so I'm missing her first day of school. First day of seventh grade. First day of seventh grade. Of school. Yeah, not first day of kindergarten or first grade or whatever. But still, like I would, if I could choose... I would rather not miss, I would rather be here for her first day of school. But her her big thing was, you know, she really wants to wear her hair braided on the first day of school. Who's going to braid my hair? Well, our the best hair braider in the house is our 15, so I'm sorry, 16-year-old. So I said that to her, and I said it to our 16-year-old too, like, I know you only have a couple of days left to sleep in because high school starts later than middle school. Um, it starts next week. I said, but you're going to get up and you're going to do your sister's hair mostly because it'll alleviate some of my guilt. Um, But uh, I'm really excited about this series. It's going to be incredible. Seattle won game one on the road against the better-seeded Vegas Aces. It's the one and four seeds. And the number three seed, Connecticut, beat the two-seed Chicago Sky on their home floor in that game one as well. So um, the basketball right now is great. Uh, I encourage anybody and everybody to... um, to tune in. And uh, I, I couldn't believe I forgot about this when I was doing a game a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota, uh, Sylvia Fowles' last home game. I was chatting with a woman before the game and she came over and introduced herself. Um, apparently where the TV booth was set up is where her season tickets normally are. So I think she may have started the conversation by saying, thank you for kicking me out of my seats. Um, And so she had to sit like behind the basket or somewhere, introduced herself, and then said, I am the 10-time canning champion at the Minnesota State Fair. And and then she was talking to me about the Minnesota State Fair and how it's, it's a big deal, which of course it is. I said, I know that, but you and I have gone together yeah, once, it's a very right? Big deal. Yeah, I mean it's it's happening right now, but she was explaining to me, you know, um that you know, she's the 10-time canning champ. You didn't tell and, me this. Yeah, I didn't tell you this. And she was telling me some of the items that she cans. And um and then my favorite was I would, I would guess What are some of the items that she cans? I don't remember, but she she did tell me. Um All of them foods? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Well, items. I mean, I don't know. Yes, yes, they're food items, and she showed me some pictures and stuff, and um, and I would guess she's in, was in her maybe early sixties. That would be my best guess. Um, but my favorite part was when she said, uh, "I ain't your average housewife," <laughs> and then kept talking to me about um, about about this, and this was all in the bigger context of me basically stealing her season ticket seat because they had to change the configuration when the tv crews were into calling well that reminds me i think since we last we did a podcast you and i I went with you overnight to chicago um you were doing a game the next day that was uh, the chicago new york series yeah and severe weather so we got in friday afternoon friday evening severe weather was in the forecast so i ended up flying home 9 a.m saturday morning i was there for we were both going to fly back together Saturday evening. We yeah. were going to get a full, like, gonna, 24 hours in I was Chicago. Go you were going to go to the game. It was going to be great. And instead, we have these 
severe thunderstorm yeah, warning. It was still great, but what but makes me think we were in the hotel, and a woman came up to you in the lobby, and said, "Is that an urn necklace?" Right. 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 I have a necklace that I wear a lot. You guys got it for me for Mother's Day or my birthday or something, and it's. And I didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah, yeah, and it's just got like the kids' names. I'm wearing but, it right now. But what actually. is an what is an urn necklace? So I, I believe an urn necklace is when you have ashes of a loved one, you can put them into a piece of jewelry that you can then wear. That uh, is not I, what this is. I'm, thankfully, I'm, I'm thankfully, gl- everyone's still alive. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say to the lady as you could have. No, it's it, it is. It's an empty urn. I'm waiting to put him in it. <laughs> I'm waiting. Waiting for this guy, but 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 I've decided, and I've, we've talked many times in this podcast about how I want to go and what the funeral should look like. Right, it's going to be hard to get you into a piece I, of jewelry if you do get right. fired off in a confetti cannon. I now want to be canned by that lady in Minnesota. <laughs> oh my gosh, can you the, imagine? Uh, canned if, by, by it, it has it, to be it has, by her. It has have, to be by the ten-time course champ. engraved on the Campbell's soup can with a label stripped off. Uh, canned by 10-time canning champion so-and-so. And And somebody who is um, more astute about canning than I am will need to clarify, but I think it's like what canning is like in mason jars and stuff, like like jams I think are canned, so I don't think it's in an actual can. Um, but that's that's a great idea. I, sh- I should have gotten her information, but it'll be easy enough if I know her where her season ticket seats are. I can always find her. I remember what she looked like. And, um, it would just be nice to be canned to be <laughs> one last time. <laughs> one first time and one last time. Um, okay, that's a deal. Uh, so, yeah, thunderstorms in Chicago. So you take an earlier morning flight home. I'm worried because the next day, we call this game on Saturday morning and Sunday, our entire crew is calling the game in Connecticut their game two against uh, against Dallas. We're worried that, and it's at a noon tip, that we're not going to make it back if our flight gets canceled, blah, blah, blah. So Ryan, Holly, and I all take an earlier flight right after the game to New York. And then Holly and I have to get from New York um, to Connecticut. So it was, we didn't have any trains. Oh, actually... Were we on a train at any point? No, but we were at a train station. We were at a tra- oh, that's right. I, so it was planes, trains, and automobiles. We were going were- from LaGuardia to... She was going to the Mohegan. So I, you found the a spot in the middle. The Union Station in New Haven, the train station. How, d- drove me there, dropped me off, and you came and picked me up. And Holly and another of the Steves in your life went on to Mohegan Sun. They did, yes. So, uh... So yeah, there's been there's been a lot swirling around um, since we did our uh, since we did our last pod. But we did have in Chicago a, a great evening. We walked six miles along the lakefront, and from Navy Pier to to uh, Lakeshore Towers. It's one of our favorite things to do in in a city is just go for a really long walk. Right, that's a safe yeah, thing I mean, to it's say. It's not terribly. Uh, unconventional. No, but I'm saying that's like... If you if, said one of our favorite things to do is rent unicycles and... I know, but if, if some people, their favorite thing might be to find like the finest restaurant or find, we're going to go to the museum, whatever. Our thing is to just like go for a well, walk and see what we find. We we were given a list of the finest restaurants in Chicago. We were. We were. And we ate at one that wasn't on the list, the Vienna Beef Stand on uh, on the lakefront. It was perfect. We were like halfway into our walk. It was like three miles in. We're both getting a little bit hungry. And right there was a place to get sausage or a hot dog. Done, of course, Chicago style. No ketchup. We had our hot dog. The young lady working at the stand, her aunt was a high school basketball coach in Chicago. And she Mm -hmm. was very excited to to have you sign a, a... a must a napkin wasn't did you sign it with a squeeze bottle of mustard <laughs> no it's yeah i i'd mentioned the game the next day but she couldn't come because she was working because it was a noon noon or 11 o'clock a.m local start um and there was there was a a red hot chili peppers concert that night at uh soldier field mm-hmm. and a lot of people pre-gaming for that and uh, streaming in and we walked past that uh, the lines waiting to get in and a woman who i assumed you knew from for many years, walked up to you, wrapped you in a bear hug, and said how 
happy she was to see you and a total stranger. Yeah, total. It was interesting because she greeted me as if old friend. She knew me. Yes, and had known me forever. And so I was thinking, is this somebody I work with? Who is this person? I'm clearly, I'm clearly supposed to know them in a like really fond way and comes over, gives me a fond embrace. And then I realized, no, I've never met you. Your mood may be enhanced by a substance. And, um, but she was very friendly. She, she was delightful. just, yeah. And then we walked, walked along the lakefront where there were a lot of people who had been uh, inebriated on boats. Had been consuming beverages all day. But we're very happy to see you. The, yes, they were. There was a certain group of people that was um, happy to see me, and uh, as you know, and they told us they'd been drinking since 10 a.m., which was clear in the way their words were slurred. And in gratitude for your uh, your uh, your banter, as you and, and your, I were walking and your away, photograph. One of the guys picture. like shook your hand. And like my grandfather on, on Christmas Eve. It wasn't Eve, a $5 to, bill. There it was, wasn't a $5 bill. He didn't grease your hand. There were, with the, there were two said, uncanned items in my hand as he greased it. And, he said, and, here. And he said, they were, and, and I looked, and he, and he said, seeing my puzzlement, he said, we depends. <laughs> How kind of him to not just hand us one pe- weed pen. Well, I mean, but there were two, two of us. So, I, 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 I handed them back and said, really, I can't, I can't accept this. I'm, I'm trying to cut down. Thanks for your incredible generosity, but I'm gonna have to. But really, to I'm not worthy. So it was it was a it was, <laughs> it was, a, it was an adventure. It was an adventure. We also saw a person who was had face planted in the parking lot and looked like they were completely passed well, out. It was a little they, worrisome. They, were, they face planted at a boat landing, yes. wearing only a swimsuit, and uh, and he was his head was a foot from the wheels of the boat trailer that had stopped. While, while its occupants were trying to revive him. Yeah, somebody I think was calling the uh, paramedics. It was an it was an interesting scene in Chicago that day. But it was a friend. lovely but Friday was, evening. Oh, um, it was a beautiful day. I understand why so many people were out and celebrating. At the end of summer, yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a spectacular day. Well, I, I, I hate to uh, interrupt the frivolity, Rebecca, but we've got so much viewer mail. We've had a backlog of it. We've we've not gotten through it all for the last couple of weeks and then it just accumulates so let's let's get through as much of it as we can sounds good feast for your mail comes from marty with a d in olathe kansas Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Marty from Kansas, your Aussie Rules football enthusiast and member of the International Sports Correspondent Coalition mentioned in an episode this spring, reporting in after a nearly two-year hiatus. Wow. Here are some thoughts I've had after listening to three episodes in a row this week. One, I've realized that I'm an occasional completionist, although not currently, as I missed a few episodes in April and May and haven't had a chance to go back and listen to them. That's a... Fair. It's fair. I mean, more than fair. More than fair, yes. Two, in your last episode, you mentioned that all 50 states are represented with viewers, and I'd like to add that you also have at least one listener in Australia, as my aunt, an ardent supporter of the Adelaide Crows and season ticket holder, asked me for podcast recommendations, and now she listens to Ball and Chain. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Hello. And three, I want to thank Phil in California for bringing awareness to the sports bra in Portland. I love this story, and I hope that more sports bars are dedicated to women's sports pop up, and that more sports bars dedicated to women's sports pop up across the country. Four, could we have an update on Denny? We could. We, <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. Why don't next week we get an update on all things Denny? I think that's a great idea. And from Denny. I would hate to speak on Denny's behalf. Yes. But, uh, and I would also like to know what's going on with Denny. Me too. I believe he's he's back in uh, on the East Coast. Okay. But, um, but we really don't know. Let's get an update really from Denny. Know. Finally, good luck sending your daughter off to college. As a high school teacher of mostly seniors, I hear from many former students heading into their first semester away from home. They're excited but anxious, just like their parents. I know it won't be easy, but all of your viewers look forward to hearing how it goes. Thank you for entertaining us each week. Marty, Marty with a D, thank you. Um, so we've mentioned a little bit of how, it, how it's gone, but it's only been two days. So yeah, 
We'll see. Hi, Stephen, Rebecca. I stumbled across, this comes from Michelle in Toronto. So quite the uh, international Hello, Michelle. Uh, viewer mail bag so far. I stumbled across both the WNBA and your podcast during the summer of 2020 and have been hooked on both ever since. The podcast got me through many an evening during the dog days of the, pan of the pandemic lockdowns of 2020. I can't say I'm a completionist as I started too late to catch up, but I've listened to every episode since the first one I heard. I'm slightly ashamed to say that although I am an avid sports fan, I knew next to nothing about the WNBA prior to 2020. We just didn't get any coverage of it in Canada, and so Kia Nurse was the only player I'd ever heard of, and that was probably only because her brother plays in the NHL. Thankfully, games started being shown more on TV during the pandemic, and I was able to watch a fair number of them. I became a huge fan, and Sue Bird quickly became my favorite player. Rebecca Favorite has a U in it. This of course is coming it does. from Toronto. The more I learned and read about her, the more of a fan I became. Needless to say, I'm sad to see her retire and wish I could have known about her earlier. I was wondering if Rebecca could share a favorite Sue Bird memory or story from her interactions over the years. Thanks for taking the time to read it and for the hour of levity you bring to our lives each week. I'll hang up and listen now. Michelle from Toronto. Michelle has two L's and a favorite with a U, Rebecca. Sue Bird memory or story from your interactions over the years. Hmm. Anybody who's had any kind of interaction with Sue over the years, they're all favorites. She's a, as sweet as advertised. Um, she is as cool as they come. Um, just a kind human being. Uh, very funny. Uh, very personable. Um, trying to think if there was a specific interaction. I've known Sue since... I can remember when I was playing with the New York Liberty. She may have been... She's still at UConn? I think she was. Um, you know, going after playing a game, like going to a to a bar in New York um, and with some friends uh, and, you know, S Sue coming as well. Um, I've known her for, for a really long time. She and I were teammates with a team called the Springfield Spirit um, in, uh, in like the off season of the WNBA. But maybe one of my favorite stories, which, which All-Star, uh, NBA All-Star. 2004, All I think it was. 2004, NBA All-Star. We are uh, in Los Angeles. And we were headed, I think, was it after the game or after the Saturday night festivity, yeah. something. We're headed from the Staples Center area. I don't even remember where we were going, but we were going to... We were going back to the hotel, I think. We were going to a players... No, we were going to oh, a players right. association party, the NBA Players Association party. And somehow, maybe Sue was just catching a ride with us, but it was you, me, and Sue. I was driving. You were driving. So we drove out to wherever the party was... We park in a parking garage. We go to the party, and we can't get in. Like, we're in this long line. They're not letting people in. So it's Sue, me, and uh, I had just retired. Sue, obviously, and, uh, you know, one of the more famous young players in the league, and, and you. And we can't get in. Also one of the more famous yes. young players in the league. Uh, eventually, again, this just long line of people. Eventually, I don't remember how, because at the, at the time, I think I had, just finished being on the like one of the executive members of the um, the, the WNBA Players Association. Uh, Sue may have already been in on the executive on the executive committee of the WNBA Players Association. We're just like I can't believe we can't get into this party. Eventually, we got into the party, and then when it was time to leave the party, we left. We went back to the parking garage, and none of us could find the car. And we still bring that story up. Uh, to we this day. We saw her a couple of weeks ago. We yeah, were when we were flying to D.C. to D.C. And, um, and I said, that has to be the last time you didn't get it. You were left outside in line. Now they throw parties party. for her. Exactly. Like she, she, if she's there, that makes it the party. And, yeah, that's, that has to be the last time she couldn't get into also, one. Well, um, but we spent a long time looking for that yeah, car. And uh, eventually, obviously, we found it. But it took us between a half hour and an hour to find it. Also, when we saw her a couple of weeks ago, I was struggling for the name of the movie in which uh, Meg Ryan is an independent bookstore owner is taking on the big Barnes & Noble-like book conglomerate. And you both said simultaneously, you've got mail, come on, like the greatest movie of all time. And I, and I said, excuse me, I, you two being uh, uh, loyalists to AOL email for years, uh, were the were the ones that could instantly come up with right. You've and that's, got mail. That's one of the reasons is Sue and I still joke like 
she's one of the few people I know who still at least has one of her email addresses has an AOL address. So I feel like, all right, if Sue has it, then it's still got to be cool to some degree. Well, I don't think she would argue that, but she did say that, that, uh, that, that, as she put it, that dopamine hit of when it says, you've got mail, you know, and (laughs) I just, I just love that, uh, uh, you know, somebody can still get excited about, uh, 300 spams from you know uh bloomingdale's or whatever right just the fact it's the way i used to be about going to the actual physical mailbox you know yes oh look there's a flyer from bed bath and beyond and a uh you know it's it's like uh christmas morning or you just don't know what's what's going to be in there of course never never almost never anything interesting right i'm just going to throw this in there too um i mean for us, it's Ryan, Holly, and me. It's really exciting um, and that we're, we're going to be able to call Sue's last game, whenever that is, um, whether it's in the semifinals against Vegas or in the finals against another team. Our group gets to call that last game. We got to call uh, her Sue's last game, a uh, regular season game uh, at a Climate Pledge Arena. We got to call Sylvia Fowles' last home game. We got to call Sylvia Fowles' last um game ever when they they lost at Connecticut. We called Tina Thompson's last game in the playoffs uh, out in Seattle. Um, Tamika Catching's last game. Like, it's it's really cool for us and gratifying for us that, um, you know, more Ryan, I think, than anybody, that we get to have a piece um, of those moments and be the soundtrack of it and certainly never take that for granted. Ted from the Lower East Side weighs in. Hi, Restiva. This is on Celebrity Encounters. We asked about uh, Celebrity Encounters. Yes. Uh, You mentioned some of your more memorable ones in elevators. Hi, Restiva. The topic of Celebrity Encounters came up on last... There should be a segment. Celebrity Encounters. Doesn't it sound like a... And uh, an HGTV show. Celebrity Encounters. Encounters. That's even better. For those who have distinctive counters. Celebrities on counters. (laughs) Or just, it would be, no, this would be, it'd be celebrity counters, but it would be about, um, counting. No, no. It would be about, um, accountants for celebrities. There you go. (laughs) There we go. That's our new show. I wrote a a book review for SI about, uh, a book by the accountant to a bunch of Chicago sports stars. But, um, but because it was such an odd. Yeah niche but um but who is the biggest celebrity counter you know i don't know the count oh of course Sesame Street. of course hi Steve. the topic of celebrity encounters came up on last week's podcast living in new york city from time to time i tend to run into celebrities on the street dating myself a bit but these include rodney dangerfield nipsey russell michael imperioli uh, christopher from the sopranos and i shared an optical store visit with soupy sales was very nice, but I'm not sure he could tell the truth at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, what a what a what a list! It's a pretty incredible list. Uh, Nipsey Russell, I, mean, I, I uh, Nipsey Russell reminds Nipsey Russell, of course, who would do poetry on game shows and things when I was a kid. I loved that. Um, there was a dry cleaner in in um, my first neighborhood in New York that had a uh, a eight by ten glossy of Scatman Crothers on the wall too so that's i didn't see him in person but the fact that the scatman crothers had had his uh, shirts starched there was was thrilling here are two subway platform interactions sort of with celebrities this is from ted early 90s madison avenue ef subway platform i noticed arthur herbert fonzarelli a.k. henry winkler sans leather jacket as i walked by i made eye contact and gave an exaggerated thumbs up but refrained from calling out a <laughs> Fonzie gave a nod, which I took as confirmation of my cool. <laughs> Late night. I mean, I, I, have I told the story in the podcast of, Fonz, of of Henry Winkler running into Paul McCartney on like Lexington Avenue at the height of their fame? Well, at the height I of, think so. I know you've told me. Yeah, I yeah. think you've told on the podcast. Anyway, I'm not they, sure. they were both thrilled to see each other. And people, people in a restaurant uh, on the sidewalk were looking out in, in absolute disbelief that uh, McCartney and Fonzie were, were both in their presence. 
and the two of them couldn't believe it either. Late 90s, somewhere along the 123 subway line, I noticed one of the commuters waiting on the platform had a New York Liberty gym bag. She was a woman on the tall side. As I looked up, I recognized her as a former national championship player for UConn and a member of the 1996 women's gold medal winning basketball team. After the moment passed, I thought perhaps I should have recreated the Fonzie thumb up, thumbs up in the form of a lefty basketball shooting motion. Rebecca. What year was this? This was uh, late 90s. Oh, wow. On the 1, 2, 3 line. So he was on the right line. Yeah. I would have been 1, 2, 3, and 9. The 1 in and the 9. Days, right? yeah, one, the 2 th- and the 3, the 1 and the 9. Yeah, I used to ride the subway um, just about every day. Down to Penn Station, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh, did you receive the Swedish f- fish socks? We did. I think we. this was sent before we mentioned on the air, did we not? How grateful we were to get the Swedish fish socks. Thank you, Ted. Um Wow, Fonzie and and you in the same twenty year period. That's pretty That's pretty cool. Uh this comes from this next one comes from John. He writes, uh, Dear Stephen Rebecca, greetings from your Cape Cod correspondent. Per usual, most of our trips to the Cape this spring and summer have been to the upper Cape area, and more specifically Falmouth, West Falmouth. My parents still live in Falmouth, so it's a great place for the family to gather for special occasions or just to go to the beach. Now, as a special service to your viewers, here are a few words about the different regions. On the Cape. Cape Cod is generally broken down into four regions. Rebecca, can you name them? Upper Cape includes the western part of the Cape from the Canal and Sandwich down through Falmouth, Mashpee, and Woods Hole. It's always fun to pass on Route 6 the Sandwich a police car that says Sandwich Police on, on the side. It is. You think they're going to bust you because your BLT is lacking tea or something, right? Right, yes. Uh, Mid-Cape, the middle section anchored by Hannes, including Barnstable, Dennis, and Yarmouth. Lower Cape, the southeastern section of the Cape, Chatham, Brewster, and Harwich. Outer Cape, the long arm of the Cape extending up from Eastham, through Eastham through Wellfleet and ending in Provincetown. I, Rebecca, I would say that Brewster, Eastham, Wellfleet, Provincetown is our sort of a prime Cape, would you not? I would agree, yeah. The Upper Cape tends to be a quieter part of the Cape with everyone blasting over the bridges and heading toward the more popular areas, including the National Seashore Beaches of the Outer Cape. Frankly, those of us who frequent the Upper Cape kind of like being a little off the beaten track and have more than enough to keep us busy. We have Buzzards Bay to the east, and those with boats can find any number of places along the coast to drop anchor and take a swim. Downtown Falmouth and Woods Hole are very walkable and offer many shops and restaurants to explore. Sandwich has some very interesting museums, including the gorgeous Heritage Plantation. There are also some great breweries to check out. For those so inclined, a few other random podcast thoughts as I haven't written in a while. And by the way, Rebecca, we take for granted the Cape, but for viewers who haven't been there, it is a wondrous, spectacular. Place. If you've if you're ever if you have plans to come out to New England, um, m- make it a day day trip. It can be a day trip even if you just go to the nearer part of the Cape. But it's some of the most spectacular beaches you'll ever see. Uh, a few other random podcast thoughts. I thought my, I might run into you, Steve, a couple of weeks ago when a friend and I attended David Ortiz's induction to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Although there were seven inductees overall, Ortiz was the only one elected by the conventional method. The others were elected via the various veterans committees, and he was obviously the, the star of the weekend. It seemed like half the crowd was composed of Sox fans, and the other half was from the D- Dominican Republic. Although the afternoon was oppressively hot, the atmosphere was festive, and we had a great time. David's speech was terrific, as were those of the other inductees, and it was a nice celebration of the history of the game. Why was I looking around for my favorite SI writer slash podcaster? Uh, well, there was actually a Twins flavor to the inductees, and I'm guessing you were probably a big fan of Jim Cott and Tony Oliva when you were growing up. Truth be told, I think Cott's selection was more of a Lifetime Achievement Award for longevity. Checking his stats, he had three or four really good years, but otherwise was pretty mediocre. I would, uh, I, I would have to take... Uh, umbrage at that um john uh, he you don't pitch in four decades um without uh, doing something right um he played 25 seasons 14 gold gloves which is pretty cool as he acknowledges um all twins fans should be proud uh, that uh, these guys were our own regarding the backing into parking spaces conversation writes john i always back into spaces in a parking lot unless i can drive straight through so that i'm facing out well i drive through so that i'm facing out yes but that doesn't inconvenience anybody, Rebecca, right? Neither does backing in usually. I'd rather do the backing up operation when I have more control and can see exactly where I'm going than have to back out of the space while some random person, parentheses idiot, comes barreling through seemingly out of nowhere while I'm trying to navigate going reverse. Well, that's true because you're usually parked between two escalades or expeditions right. or excursions or some other exactly. E-word. That's gigantic. 
Finally, a last bullet point. Jane, who is definitely on Team Steve, silently correcting grammar in her mind while someone is speaking, and I on Team, well, as long as they understand what you mean, does grammar really matter? We both laughed when you mentioned the correction to Twitter, fewer than versus less than. Truth be told, my engineer's brain still didn't get it after she patiently explained why fewer than was grammatically correct. With apologies to DGS and his but-I-can-deliver-a-baby quip, I are an engineer and don't speak real good, but I can fix your car when it breaks down and unplug the drain when necessary. Best of luck to the whole Russian Lobo clan as you transition into college and years beyond. John, thank you, John. Uh, we could use you uh, unclogging drains around here, I assure you. Roger, our Colorado waving cyclist, Rebecca. Hello, Roger. He weighs in. Hello, Connecticut crew, and keep up the great stories that remind me of home, even if they do make me hungry. Best celebrity bump into for me was out in the middle of nowhere. There used to be a bike race in Colorado every summer called the U.S. Pro Cycling Challenge that drew even Tour de France winners. I always volunteered and used to spend at least part of the week, if not the whole one, going from town to town and doing whatever volunteer job they had. Well, we were in Steamboat, and I got my best volunteer gig yet, working the check-in at the VIP tent where, unlike 99% of the fans, people had to actually pay to watch the race. $500 ahead, so it was not Joe Everyday who would be showing up there. But the funny thing is, my story did not involve my work there, even though I did get to see some big names, including Barry Bonds. No jokes about doping and cycling, please but rather on the ride I took before I had to show up for my volunteer gig. The race was doing a loop, so they would go by the fans two times that day, but I figured I could get one 48-mile loop in before the race started. I was about 30 miles into the loop, with maybe another 20 miles to go, when I heard this booming voice from across the plains. Up ahead, there was what I can only say was the largest person I'd ever seen on a bicycle. And as I caught up to this very large person, do you know who it is, Rebecca? No. Who was riding with a person who looked half his size? I recognized that voice. It was a famous cyclist himself, Rebecca. Big Bill Walton, who was riding with a bike uh -huh. touring company doing the stages before the pros each day. As I approached, I said hi, and what then happened was about 10 minutes of riding together, and as could be expected, Bill talked pretty much nonstop. How great it was to be in Colorado, how lucky I was to live here, how cool it was that I was volunteering. He introduced me to the ex-pro who was his personal guide for the day. He really was only about 5'4 and maybe 130 pounds and was just, well, Bill Walton. I got to see his handmade Grateful Dead-themed bike and just had a great time. I told him I had to pick up my pace to get back for my volunteer gig and left the two of them behind, but I would say I was maybe a mile up the road before I could no longer hear Bill's voice echoing through the expanses of the high plains. It's still one of my greatest days on the bike and my favorite celebrity bump-in to date. That's from Roger, our waving Colorado cyclist. I mean, of course it was a custom bike. If you're Bill Walton size, you need a custom bike, and of course it was... Grateful Dead themed. How perfect is that? Uh, Michael weighs in from Higashi Kitazawa. Oh, Rebecca. hello, Michael. Dear Stephen Rebecca, greetings from Higashi Kitazawa. As always, I hope this finds you both well. I echo Rebecca's frustration with people who block the aisles on planes. To clamp down on all those pain in plane lane violations, I propose we empower all flight attendants with the ability to issue yellow and or red cards. Yellow is your warning. If you get a red card, you must sit down immediately, be the last passenger off the plane, and then you must volunteer for one day at the DMV closest to your home. That ought to rattle some sense into people. Keep happy and healthy. I remain Michael. You're flying uh, in a couple of hours, Rebecca, right? I will make sure, sure not to be a aisle sealer. Perhaps you can pack uh, red and yellow cards for that occasion. Alfred and Elizabeth, uh, we don't know who the author of this is. Perhaps it was genuinely composed uh, By together. Mm -hmm. Right. Hello, Steve and Rebecca. We like watching Formula One, and we love how announcer Paul DeResta pronounces Mercedes. He is from Scotland, so he says Mercedes instead of Mercedes. 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 Like that is it's a total Sean, Sean Connery. Another Scotsman. Sean Connery. We would like Steve to pronounce it the same way. I will do that from now on. <laughs> Maybe Dr. Gary Schiegel could spell it that way in his Formula One comments and highlight it in his emails to aid Steve with the pronunciation. He certainly does that for my French pronunciations now. We are still loving the podcast. Not sure if we're completionists. If not, we're close. Sincerely, Alfred and Elizabeth. Alfred and Elizabeth, thank you so much. Uh, I will not only pronounce it in Dr. Siegel's reports that way, I think I'll pronounce it in my head that way when I see a... Mercedes of course on the will. street. Lori writes, uh, Buffanting in Walla Walla. Friends, hello again. It's been a while. As Steve predicted, many will probably be commenting on the Buffant discussion from Pod 219. Here's my take. While now a resident of the great state of Washington for nearly two decades, 
I also lived in Atlanta for 20 years. I picked out my favorite Southern phrases and words and made them a part of my language forever. Among them, bouffant equals B-52. Perhaps Dr. Gary Siegel can confirm. It is the very reason the Athens-Georgia band B-52s chose the name they did. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I mean, I knew they were an Athens band, and I knew they, they wore bouffants. Cindy Wilson and Kate Pearson rocked the bouffant look in the early days, and I think a more perfect name could not have been chosen. Until next time, go Storm. Kate Pearson, what an incredible voice. And, uh, uh, and she's also on the song Candy, Iggy Pop song from uh, It's a Rainy Night in 1990. Mm-hmm. You know that song. I, I play do, it occasionally. Yeah. Phenomenal voice. And I think, I think they're like on, a, on, a, on tour right now, like they're on a farewell tour or something. Uh, BNC Friends writes Tim, driving away from college drop-off, a mixture of pride, expectation, and mild sadness that our eldest won't be around. How did it go for you all? Well, I think that's exactly the same, right? Pride, expectation, and mild sadness? Yes. Is that pretty much covered for you? Yes. Perfect. But, you know, excitement and, um, and happiness as well. Lily, uh, writes... Hello, Rebecca and Steve. My name is Lily, and I'm 13 years old. Hello, Lily. Nice. My grandma, Kathy, first introduced me to your podcast. I have met Rebecca a few times at Connecticut Sun Games, and the first time she recognized me as the girl who runs due to a comment my mother oh, made about meeting Rebecca's dad at middle school yes, cross-country meet. I saw her a couple of weeks ago. And her grandma wrote into the podcast. Yes, I would really like to meet Steve, too. I breed Dutch. I'd like to meet you, Lily. I breed Dutch and New Zealand rabbits, and I'm part of Litchfield County 4-H in Connecticut. Both are meat rabbits, but can also be pet or show rabbits. Rebecca, did you know that there were meat, pet, and show rabbits? No, and the meat part what makes me kind of sad. Well, I mean, come on. What? I mean, Lily, our 13-year-old 4-H-er, she's, she's laying it out there. I was wondering if I could be the resident rabbit breeder. Absolutely. Yes. If you need my qualifications... Bullet point one, it has been four years since I started 4-H. Spectacular. I mean, that's since age nine. I will have a rabbitry, snuggle bunny rabbits, and be registered through ABRA, American Rabbit Breeders Association. She will have a rabbitry. She'll have a rabbitry, as opposed to what was the, uh, a saddlery. Right. I wonder if they make saddles for rabbits. Probably not. Yes. A saddlery (laughs) and a rabbitry. Amazing. I will have a rabbitry, Snuggle Bunny Rabbits, a great name, and be registered through Abra, kind of like the first half of Abra Cadabra. Mm-hmm. Now I'm singing Ra- that song in my head. American by the way. Rabbit Breeders Association. Once my grandparents are able to build me a rabbit barn. A rabbit barn. I hope that's for enough qualification. Rabbitry. That is more than enough qualification. Thank you, Lily. P.S. This is my New Zealand, my New Zealand fudge, and a picture of Rebecca and me. And here is a picture of this. this ridiculously cute bunny i guess a new zealand is a kind of rabbit must be that's fudge and here's a picture rebecca of you and lily at a sun game amazing you remember of course i remember that was a new york liberty versus connecticut sun regular season game there you go well lily thank you so much for listening and writing in and and uh, teaching us about the kinds of rabbits yeah. The fact that rabbitry is, is a word. A thing. Yes. Amazing. And uh, and Fudge is, is uh, quite a beautiful rabbit. Hello from Austin, Texas. This comes from Bill. Dear Ball and Chain, mainly Steve. You mentioned Kojak a few episodes back, which I must say is premium content in any decade. Rebecca said that uh, she'd heard of the show but didn't know much about it or recall seeing it. It had to have been at least a little before her time. Uh it was. It was. Um, it was prime seventies TV, Rebecca. Yeah. Your conversation reminded me of one I had with my wife about the show Kolchak, the Night Stalker, a favorite of mine as a kid. Terrifying, as I think we've mentioned. My wife had no knowledge of the show whatsoever. I gave her a brief rundown. The program starred the dad from A Christmas Story, who solved mysteries that infused a little paranormal intrigue into the case. She asked if it was like the X-Files, and I told her it was pre-X-Files, but yeah, sort of, 1970s X-Files. That's exactly right. And, um, and the dad from Christmas Story, um, uh, he still had the same sort of rumpled demeanor that, that he had uh, 
in uh, the Night Stalker. She seemed excited, but when I asked her if she wanted me to see if it was online somewhere, she answered with a resounding no, considering that I had just watched The Devil Wears Prada. Should she have humored me with at least one episode of Kolchak? Best regards, BF. Uh, absolutely. Especially if you just watched The Devil Wears Prada. Which your mother always called? What did she call it? The Devil Wears Prada. That's right. <laughs> Yay, Ruthann. Which, which I love because... You better love it. You know? She wasn't... She didn't need no Prada. She didn't, no, she didn't care about Prada or Prada. Uh, Scott in uh, Connecticut writes, Dear Chain, after hearing about Rebecca's runaround at the Connecticut DMV, I learned that my father-in-law had a different experience at the Minnesota DMV. He recently moved to Minnesota. God, I mean, what a, what a lucky man. And needed a new driver's license. He went to the DMV, but he did not have all of the requisite ID information. He scoured the list of acceptable ID sources. One source was a fishing or hunting license, this being Minnesota. He purchased the hunting license on the spot and got his Minnesota's driver's license without ever getting out of line. So it's to just prove, a way to, it's to <laughs> prove his ID. Ah, that's unbelievable. He bought a, I mean... It's just a revenue raiser, of obviously. Of course it is. That's unbelievable. I uh, love the podcast, Scott, in Glastonbury. Thank you, Scott. Um, we had dinner in Glastonbury the other night, Rebecca. We did. That's right. You dropped our daughter before she went to college at a uh, at a Lord concert. At a Lord concert, yeah. And then I, I was picking her up and her friend. Um, but while we were doing that trade-off, we had dinner about roughly halfway in between the two places, our house and the, and the Mohegan mm-hmm. in Glastonbury. Yeah. We just got a couple more here. Uh, this is the penultimate, if you're a male, before we get to Dr. Siegel's uh, cleanup spot. Rachel in Idaho writes, Good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve. The school year has started here in Idaho, and I have 160 energetic teenagers within my purview. It always takes me a week or two to fully get back into the routine, but I need me some cooler weather for my physical education classes. It has been brutally hot here as well. Brutally, yeah. We finished off summer with a bang by taking our two teenage sons to the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. It was truly an honor to watch the world's best compete. We were lucky to cross paths with Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Ryan Krauser. Shelly Ann is a legend in every way and was so kind and gracious. Ryan holds the shot put world record and was more than happy to meet my sons and take a picture with them. A few muse, musings and daily shenanigans. She's gotten musings, shenanigans, and purview so far in this mail, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. One, I enjoy Wordle when I remember to do the puzzle most days. Some words frustrate me, but I enjoy a good puzzle. My friend introduced me to Cordal. You have 21 attempts to figure out 16 different words. It's a challenge that I have only been able to con- conquer on a few occasions. Uh, I've been doing uh, Quirtle. Four, uh, four words. That's that's where I draw the line, Rebecca. That was one. B, the WNBA playoffs have been incredible so far. The first games of both semifinals were amazing. The storm came out and reminded us all how strong they can be. The sun brought it to Chicago and earned a well-deserved win. The stat line that Candace Parker put up in games in game one was unreal. It's unreal. I, I, what was the stat line, Rebecca? I love this game in league and look forward to the rest of the playoffs. In game one against Connecticut, Candace Parker had 19 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, six blocks, four steals. It was an incredible performance, um, and only one of the 18 rebounds was offensive, so it's not like she was missing and padding her stats. Um, she was an absolute force. This is her 15th season. She came into the WNBA the same year as Sylvia Fowles, Sylvia, who we already have talked about Um is retired now, uh, retired at the end of this regular season. And Candace Parkerman is still just going as if she's a spry player in her, you know, first five years. Roman numeral three. I know that during the NCAA season, when Rebecca is gone, Steve and the kids enjoy the season of melting meats. What season do they enjoy when the WNBA season gets busy? I would say it's the, uh, it's, um, Frozen pizza season, Rebecca. Would you yeah, say it's lots the, of frozen uh, pizza. Uh, chicken, chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. but but not not drive-through chicken nuggets. They're at least store-bought and yeah. then thrown on a tray and thrown mm-hmm. in the oven. Totino's pizza rolls. Totino's, or as somebody recently here has called them, Tortinos. Networks. Um, but uh, we don't have a pithy description of of this season's um, culinary offerings, but they tend to be all the same sort of golden brown color chicken nuggets yeah. tater tots right 
a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. It's not a complaint. Thanks for the laughs, but also being so real and personable. Thank you for the new coaster. I will plan on taking it on our next adventure. Have a great week. Hopefully, college drop-off goes well. It did. All my best, Rachel and Idaho. There are two attachments of of uh, Rachel with uh, stars of the stars of track and field. That's a song by Bell and Sebastian with the stars of track and field in Eugene. Finally, Rebecca, DGS weighs in, and um, and I wonder if he has any thoughts on the. National League East race between the Braves and the Mets, who obstinately uh, will not give up the uh, first place in that division, despite the Braves' uh, red-hot run of form this summer. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel, I can't thank you enough for somehow finding a moment to put my report in each week's podcast, and in that regard, I'm humbled and honored that you have done so. I hope that in your next podcast, you'll catch up on other viewers' equally important reports. We've done that. It was great to have heard from kid reporter Julianne and even nicer to know that she likes Formula One, which resumes this week, end of August, at the classic Spa-Francorchamps racetrack located within the Ardennes Forest of Belgium. I am still putting two spaces after a sentence when I type. It's an old habit that I've not yet tried to change as my high school typing teacher. That's what it was called before keyboarding. Mr. Rainey, R-H-E-N-E-Y, is likely resting in peace somewhere and he might just roll over if he knew that I didn't double space at the end of a sentence. I digress. So here is a short list of items for consideration. I wonder what a typing teacher puts on what on the headstone, Rebecca. I don't know. Which font do you think they choose? I, I would I would have many happy returns. There you go. One. Uh, sadly, yes, my family is certainly disengaged from the podcast. And let me be clear, it is their loss. They do not know what they're missing as we have fine hosts and viewers from the entire world who contribute to this enjoyable respite each week. I've tried. Just this week, Rebecca, we've heard from Australia, uh, Tokyo, and even Toronto. Mm -hmm. When I say even Toronto, that's uh, the closest place. Yeah. That's what makes it humorous. Two, for example, I've learned from last week's pod the name of the device to which my feet were subjected regularly while growing up, the Brannock device. That type of fact is not going to be revealed on just any old podcast, no siree. Three, Rebecca, I'm with you regarding the silliness of the Connecticut DMV and using faxes. Due to privacy, medicine still uses faxes as secure email, for reasons beyond me, has not been welcomed widely into medical practice. Four, according to Wikipedia, Berkeley breathed, Berkeley breathed, the artist who creates Bloom County apparently publishes new comics randomly on Facebook. Gary Larson has a The Far Side website, which each day has several previously published cartoons, and every Monday a collection of pre previously published cartoons under a heading such as Gullible's Travels Today, August the 22nd. He even has a sketchbook from time to time with new work. The website comes up every day when I open my tablet alongside the New York Times and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I did not know that Gary Larson had a Far Side website or that... Uh, Bloom County's creator publishes new comics randomly on Facebook. I wonder if uh, if the members of the Bill Keen uh, family do random family circus stuff in addition to the daily newspaper. Mm -hmm. Ziggy, Kathy, what was your favorite comic? Do we have any? I don't know. Kathy Geiswhite, the Kathy creator, was on a regular, I mean, multiple times on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. That's when comic stripping was really uh, right five lastly presidential historian and frequent msnb guest michael Beschloss posted a recent clever treat about the classification of presidential documents a picture of which is attached i'm sure steve will enjoy it and indeed here is a a tweet of uh of karnak the magnificent the aforementioned johnny carson uh, perfect holding an envelope to his turban um we're still watching johnny many nights Rebecca until yeah. next Monday night I remain your humble servant Gary with two R's Rebecca that's all we've got we've caught up on viewer mail finally we've caught up and we've hopefully caught up the viewers on uh, all the craziness going around on around here we have and uh, we'll put this baby to bed in just under an hour uh, thank you for listening producer Denny Gallagher we'll have to catch up with you next week uh, Rebecca anything else no Tom Dick Harry Play us out.
Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.